This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Hansen, President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. My special guest, my friend, Apostle Don Beasley. He pastors the Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Uh, Don, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. It's been a while. I've just returned from that six-week whirlwind uh, 25-state tour. Tremendous, tremendous meetings. Uh, The move of God. I mean, we saw uh, a lady's leg total crippled, uh, legs scrunched up. And after commanding them to straighten out in, in uh, 10 minutes, you could see one leg after another keep straightening, straightening, straightening until she was perfect and uh, no longer a cripple, no longer using a, 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 any type of walker or anything or wheelchair, just walking around praising God. You know, Don, that's the power of God. That's the God you and I serve. Amen, amen. Now, um, I know that you uh, uh, have been busy. Uh, you, you went to a, a meeting, um, and uh, you spoke on keeping your vision fresh. Keeping your vision fresh. Uh, so, so why don't you tell us uh, the audience where you went and and. Talk a little bit about keeping your vision fresh because that's so important, not only for ministers, but for anybody. Keeping your vision yep. fresh. Go ahead, Don. Amen. Yeah, I was in our uh, Grace International uh, uh, Houston conference, so our international conference, so all the missionaries and stuff from all over the world came and uh, had a very nice, nice uh, group of people there. And uh, so it was a breakout. Spoke on uh, keeping your vision fresh. You know, uh, it's very interesting when you ask people what the Lord has called you to do. Uh, two two interesting questions you ask. You ask people how are you doing, uh, and you especially if you're talking about ministers and pastors or whatever, you get this gigantic response about how the church is doing good or bad or whatever. Right. And it really, I mean, the identity is completely wrapped up in. A very small part of their life. You know, it's a, it's a big part of their life, but it's not your whole life. And, and then when I ask them what you know, what's God called you to do? It's amazing. Even we interviewed a bunch of past, you know young people getting credentials, and you ask them, you know, what's God called you to do? And you get this uh, feeling that they're not really sure because they tell you that you know somebody laid hands on them and said they're this is what they're supposed to do. And, 
You know, that, that's all right as long as it has a credible witness with your witness in your spirit. But if you go do what somebody else told you to do and think that that's what God called you to do, you're not going to finish well. That's right. Uh, and you might not finish at all. It, might, it may end up taking you out completely. So I, I just, I ask, you know, what has God called you to do? And basically, you know, I set it up by just starting talking about how that everybody has battle scars and betrayals and wrestle with disappointments in following Christ and our calling in that the, the enemy uses these arrows to discourage you and redirect you away from the simplicity of your calling. So the first thing I really just ask people to do is take out a piece of paper and just write down that paper. What has God called you to do? Fold it up, put it away. We'll come back to that later. And, you know, it's really interesting that over time, uh, that one of the things that, that from that conference, the whole time we, there was a, a phrase that kept coming to my spirit about the church and the hour that we in, that the church is the solution for the pollution uh, that we're in right now. And uh, when we're walking and doing what God called us to do, but there was interesting, I showed a graph about uh, what happens whenever you become victimized. We live in a victimized world and we don't even realize how victimized we have become as the people of God because we're in this, cattle you know like you said you're you know you're in the pot you know yes and i i, I saw a picture uh, a meme and it was a perfect picture of this it's a there was a a crab cooking in a pot the water's boiling and there's the carrots and the you know everything that's in there you know and there's the ear of corn in there and so here's the crab he's cooking and he's his last moments he's take pulling kernels of corn off the corn and eating <laughs> not even realizing that you know you talk about fresh stuffed crab there you have it you know yeah yeah he's stuffing himself for dinner and uh but what happens is you when you become a victim you begin to speak as if though life is happening to you you know and you begin to lose your you, your hope and you start saying that you can't do things um you make up all kinds of personal excuses and then you begin to blame others. It's this whole blame victimization is all about blaming somebody else for your issues or problems. That's, that's right. And we, we, become, we become experts at it. But on the other hand, when you become a vic, victorious believer and you live in victory, you speak as though life is happening through you. Yeah. You have tough things like everybody else does, but what you do is you begin to acknowledge the reality that life is tough and you begin to embrace, you know, all that's around you and what's going on as far as dealing with the, you know, you're not speaking constantly to tell the problems to go away. you begin to walk in the fullness of who you live for and you find solutions to the problems. And then you make what God's called you to do happen Amen. as, as you live life. And so I, I set this little up with that and, and then I shared, you know, what the Lord's called me to do. But what I really focused on is where it says in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I and I focused on that word perish. It is it means the the word literally means it become it's not fresh anymore. And so when you begin to see people that don't have freshness in their walk or in their ministry, they're actually you're beginning to see exactly what the Bible says, you begin to perish. 
On the other hand, when you walk in what God's called you to do, every day is a brand new day. The mercies of God are brand new, and you're always fresh, uh, uh, regardless of what's going on. So I really just tried to really help people understand the key to, like, you get into burnout, you got to be careful that you don't move into wipeout. Yeah. Everybody goes through some burnout, but you don't have to wipe out. Right, right. And, and and then the other thing I really said is when God looks at you, we like and, and like there's a lot of older ministers in grace, you know, that are a bit older. Like the age of ministry is getting older and older every day. And I just basically said, you know, the reality is is that when God looks into you, He doesn't see an expiration date. It's like Caleb, he's eighty years old. He said, "I'm going to take my mountain." His sure. mountain was full of giants. Yes, yes. He's, go he's ready to go take it at 80. He said, I'm, I'm, I have the vigor of my youth. Because what God had called him to do was take that mountain. He never forgot it. And, and so he said, now with the help of God, I'm going to go take my mountain at this age. And so I said, what we need to find in life is inspiration moments. The inspiration dates. And so those are the times whenever our vision becomes fresh for us again. And it's a continuous inflow of the Spirit of God. So that we can stay, you know, alive and what we're doing, so that we don't move into nostalgia. That well, one of the things I think, if you want to understand the non-freshness of a vision or of a life in God, is whenever you're talking, when your God story, your testimony, is starts being, you know, further away than today, and you start talking about yesterday, and then you start talking about last year. And you talk about the last decade, you know, <laughs> you just, the, your God story keeps getting further and further away from you. Yes, yes. Because the last time God done something was a long, you know, a long time ago. And then we just begin to live to accept that. And then we kind of move into retirement old age. And, uh, and I, 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 said, I shared about Samuel, you know, and, when Samuel was a boy, the Lord spoke to me. He said that the, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. God wasn't speaking a lot to people. And then today, we live in these echo chambers where everybody's speaking the same thing. Read, read the book and try to do what somebody else did or whatever. And that, I think we're in the days in Amos when it said there's a famine of the hearing of the word of the Lord. Yes, yes. People wander from sea to sea looking for this. They can't find it. Uh, because we have these echo chambers. But what I want, when I, and the whole thing I moved to is that the Bible tells us that, the, that when it says to write down the vision in Habakkuk 2, it says it, it, it will, it, it's, for, it's for a latter time, an appointed time. So what God has called us to do has appointed times. And we live in freshness to reach the appointment that we have in the future because this whole time, God's getting us ready for what he already has ready for us. And it, it, it requires us to be in a certain place. And it says that it will hasten to the end and it will come to pass and it will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it because it will come and it will not be behind him on its appointed date. So that what God's called you to, to do has a date with destiny in the future. And it will come to pass completely regardless of the path it takes to get you there. And then he says in Haggai 2.9 that the latter glory of the house 
will be greater than the former glory of the house. So no matter what glory we've experienced in our life, what God's called us to do, that's our former glory. And he's saying the latter glory is going to be the best. So, and the, the whole reason is because we're more prepared now for what God's called us to do than we've ever been. And therefore we're able to be able to do it. And, and I ended with in Psalms 92, it's, uh, 12, where it says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of their God. And they will still bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the war is upright. He's my rock, and in him there's no wickedness at all. And so I just tried to really encourage them, though you look around, you know, and America's been through times like this before. We've had a couple great awakenings, and it's time for another one. Oh, yes. And just like the people of the, the the people that were in the great last great awakening prepared their whole lives for their appointment with destiny. And I just tried to tell them, we're coming into the time where we're preparing to see our destiny to which we've been called. And now's not the time to back off, but now's the time to lean in. Now's not the time to give up. Now's the time to rise up. And uh, do what God's called us to do. And so uh, that basically, in a nutshell, was just keeping your vision fresh. You know? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, I did uh, about 12 weeks on the movers and shakers of the great uh, second and first uh, great awakening. And uh, they did keep their vision fresh. They, they chased after God. They wanted more of God. They did not live in the past. They were always going to the pre- present and the future. They wanted more and more and more. And uh, you made a comment about, you know, uh, without, uh, you know, without your vision, people perish. And, and so many people, again, they've lost their vision and they are perishing. And, and instead right. of uh, telling testimonies that are happening right now, right now, like, like that woman, uh, legs straightened out right now, it wasn't 20 years ago, it just happened. But um, right. if, if, we, if we don't have a vision, if we don't chase after God, we do perish. And we start with the blame game and, and, and uh, you know, poor little old me and victimization instead of realizing that uh, uh, don't blame others, but your relationship with God is lacking. You're not appropriating the things of God. Maybe you just have mental assent. You know it's real, but you're not appropriating it. Done? Right, exactly. That's just we have to, you know— for years, I think the problem is is that the theology that's been taught for years to people is that, that you know this whole thing is supposed to be easy and there's no trouble and if you have faith, you know you live in this bubble and bad things don't happen to you or tough things don't happen to you or disappointment doesn't come your way or betrayal doesn't become your way and those things are just not true uh, and that's why people suffer so greatly whenever they experience them. I remember one time in my life and I was going through a tremendous betrayal of trust that happening to me in ministry, you know, whatever. And I mean, we, like I t- told him at the conference, I said, we can all, I, I'm reminded of the movie, uh, uh, Jaws when they're on the boat, you know, and they're comparing their shark. Oh, that's not a shark bite. This is a shark bite. This happened. They tell them going through their great stories, you know, whatever. <laughs> and the next, you know, that's, a, that's kind of what happens when we get around and start talking about, we, rather than talking about our victories, we talk about our failures. I survived this thing, right? Survived that thing. 
when really we should be talking about what we're striving in. What, 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 what's God doing? How, yeah, I went through there, but this is what God did. This is so great and incredible. And so the, the scars, we, we got to take those scars and turn them into stars. You know, that, that this is the guiding lights of my life. Uh, what moves me along where I know God is real. And, you know, the next day, the old boy was on that boat, and he was chumming that shark, and he backed up, and that captain said, we need a bigger boat. <laughs> and that's, that, that's what we need, a bigger vision. If, we, if we're riding on a vision that's too small, that did not come from God, we're going to find out that the pro- we're in a gigantic sea, and the shark that we're facing is bigger than the boat we're in. And it's a, it's a really depressing deal uh, for us. Uh, whenever that happens. So, but I was going through this real uh, debacle and I remember going into the sanctuary and, I, and I, the first thing I did is I prayed and asked God, how could you let such a horrible thing happen to me? And I was whining and crying to God about it, you know, and God just spoke to me and he says, well, your problem is, and you're really asking the wrong question because he said, you're asking me why would I let you this happen to you and the reality is I orchestrated the whole thing. Now, <laughs> I didn't know how to handle that. It actually made me angry. I, I was just like, you know, this is like, I, I, I literally in my spirit said, man, it's cruel of you to say something like that to me, but I'm going through. And so I had to get over that. You know I mean? God, he's really honest. He doesn't pull any punches. And so then when I finally realized that God's allowing this to happen, like he let something happen to Job, there must be a reason for it. So I asked the right question. What is the reason that you would orchestrate this like this for me? And the Lord says, because I'm preparing you for what I have ready for you in the future. Mm. And this is necessary to remove from you things that will make you weak when that time comes. And and then I was praying to him about, and, you know, and I was praying about the betrayal. And the Lord spoke to me in one of the most compassionate moments ever in prayer. He said to me, I know a thing or two about betrayal. And if you'll let me, I will teach you what I know about it. And what he was saying to me is, is I'm not going to whine and cry with you about betrayal, but in the yoke with me, I will teach you what I learned and what I can give to you how to deal with betrayal in the future. And I was just like, okay, I'm ready. But put me in that school. And uh, I want to learn the I want to learn the lesson. You know, I I've never whined or cried about that ever again. As a matter of fact, now I look at it and I realize that it's probably one of the greatest gifts God ever gave me. Well, it goes right along with Watchman Knee, how the the carnal man has to be destroyed, has to be uh, killed, so to speak. So the inner man, so God can work through you. And so, you know, the Lord telling you, I orchestrated the whole thing. And people need to start to realizing that, that uh, sometimes uh, uh, what God is doing is he's allowing the carnal man to be dealt with because you have allowed it to rule you. And the problems you're in is because of the carnal man, the blame game, victimization, instead of taking responsibility and appropriating the promises of God. Done. Right. Yeah, it's a, it all, I mean, it goes down to that some people try want to say that our greatest fear is rejection, but that, that's the outcome of our greatest fear. Our greatest fear is the fear of man. And that's what God's trying to get us over. 
Because when you don't have, when you have the fear of God and you don't have the fear of man, I mean, literally, you don't have the fear of man. Man, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, what can man do to you but take your life? And you, don't, and you fear him, but you don't fear me, who after your life is taken, I can put you in damnation for eternity. Amen. And, uh, and so we fear the wrong thing. And therefore, we have a focus. Our, it changes your focus. When your focus is earthly, it's, it's feeble because our earth man is, is not just carnal, but it's, it, it, it's, it's uh, you know, when the Bible said that it's, 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 it's going to die. And our eternal man is, can't be killed. And therefore, when, you know, I mean, we like, we love all of our comic stories about the great heroes and whatever, but our spirit man inside of us is our own hero. Uh, that has all this incredible power and strength. But we have to get let God get our flesh out of the way so we can get tapped into it. And that's not an easy process uh, because we're still in this world. Uh, and we still, from the brokenness of our past and different things like that, we still suffer greatly at some of these things we have to learn how to get over. Well, again, what people need to focus on, you, you quoted it earlier, you know, Haggai 2.9, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, God has something far greater in the future for all of us than anything in the past. Oh, amen. Yeah, I just, that's what the Bible says. I love the passage. I, I preached on the passage from 1 Corinthians 2 where it says, you know, there we love to say no eye is seen. You know, no ears heard, no eye is seen, uh, no mind is conceived. But God's prepared for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And we pull that out of that context, you know. But that it's in the context where it says that you can only know of a man what that man will tell you. It's you, you, the only way you can know what He'll reveal to you out of the Spirit. So you could be really good friends with somebody, and they can keep a huge secret from you. When people find out about it, it's like blown away. You know? That means the person never revealed it to you and you didn't really ever pick up on it or whatever. But in that passage of scripture, it goes on to say that the Holy Spirit of God reveals to us the mind of God, which means that the spirit man can receive these incredible things about the kingdom of God that the natural man can. And then it ends that passage by saying we have the mind of Christ. Which is this? So, what we're talking about, what you just talked about there, about that is that this God wants to reveal to us what we have cannot see on our own, and that really is that. That's what vision is really all about. It's seeing what does not exist, and then living your life toward it in such a way that it comes to pass. Well, that's, we, we say that with these faith statements, you know, but I don't think we realize it's easy to say it. It's easy to conceive it in your mind or whatever. But the difficulty is is putting on awareness because it's got, you got to walk through fire to get there, uh, and 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 that fire and the the thing is is that fire is necessary. It's not an unnecessary evil. It's a necessary thing, so that because if we're not careful, what happens is we try to lock on to the to these incredible things of God with our flesh man, and the flesh man can't it, it, it'll just corrupt that stuff. But our spirit, man, but so that God takes us through the fire to uh, help purge the flesh out of us. And it's not a, 
it's not a punishment. It's the greatest act of love and care that, that God could ever do for us because he's making us ready for what he already has ready for us. We have no real idea what it really is. We talk about the greater glory. I mean, the greater glory is it, it, the greater glory out there is going to, like, if, I don't care how radically you got saved, that greater glory will dwarf that. Amen. Uh, out there. Because when you got saved, you're in all of your brokenness. That greater glory out there, your spirit man is to a place where you can actually understand and appreciate what's really happening. And it's incredible. Uh, so, anyway, it's a, that's a multiple, multiple talks there by itself. <clears throat> yeah, well, that greater glory is what we all live for, uh, to move in the glory of God and in greater and greater ways. Again, the movers and shakers, uh, first and second uh, great awakening, they were never satisfied. And I think that is so important, never to be satisfied, always wanting more of God, more of the glory of God. Uh, Again, where your vision never perishes, but it constantly not only is fulfilled, it expands. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Apostle Don Beasley, Senior Pastor of Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Uh, May God richly bless each one of you. And again, you have a destiny greater than you've ever seen in the past. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.